And that's a good prayer, isn't it? To build, I will sacrifice. I will uh, give my life uh, to you. Uh, before we start today, I just want to give a couple things uh, real quickly. One is, uh, many of you may remember our friend, uh, Mary Lee Baptiste. She was actually one of the first, she was here when we first opened uh, back in Easter of 2008. Uh, and uh, we, we've been praying for her husband, uh, Ray, for quite a long time. Uh, Ray, on one hand, uh, lost his battle with cancer. Uh, this past week, but on the other hand, uh, he came to, to the Lord just this past year. He was uh, made a commitment to Him and was baptized, and so we are, on one hand, sad for Marilee and her loss, and also uh, just glad he, he just made it. He just got right into the wires, so good job, Ray, uh, for that. Uh, there is a card back there on the counter if you wanted to jot a note in there. If you want to send her something yourself, a note and so forth, uh, then just it's written on the envelope, so you're welcome to to get that address and everything for uh, for Mary Lee. So, yeah, she we have pictures of her helping with the demo and everything of this building. So she's been a friend of Zion for a long, long time, even though she moved to Florida. Uh, so, um, wanted to ask something. I was just praying this morning over the message and thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there and ask you as we've been going through experiencing God. There's several things we've talked about, uh, like listening to God. If we have ears to hear, we'll hear. Maybe there is something that you read in the Word um, that says, God spoke to me about, and fill in the blank, or uh, perhaps there's something where God's leading you to be part of what He's already doing, uh, what He's on. He's doing His work always. He's doing God-sized things and changes of heart. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, I think maybe God's asking me to do fill in the blank, or maybe you're not sure. Maybe you're thinking, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, am I hearing myself? Am I hearing the Lord? Um, but how would you, how would you, I'm asking you, I'm, I'm saying is, are any of those things happening? Has God led you or directed you in any particular way? And would you please share it with us so we know how to pray for one another as a whole body? So who's going to go first and break the ice? And I'll just stand here. Yeah. Okay. Ed. Okay. Okay. So for more boldness with conversations that you have with... Good. Very good. Thank you. Excellent. Let's remember that as, as uh, I was just, we were just watching the football game, hearing you talk with that gentleman there uh, and so forth and spending time with him. That, that's exactly the kind of encounters we may have. What else? Mm-hmm. And archery season is my big year. All I want to do is archery. I don't have to worry about. And it was midnight one night. I was still out in my garage. And something just, it's like God said, do your list. Mm-hmm. Get it done. Good. Then worry about the archery. Okay, okay. <laughs> Get some priorities going there. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Uh-huh. Like I said, 
Okay. Steve, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about, is listening to God and joining him with what he's already doing. Thank you. Thank you. What else? Mine is uh, putting God before my family. Okay. That's tough. Yeah. It is. It is. Because we love our families. Right? Good. Thank you. Linda. Mary and I saw that here. Okay. We're going to be praying for, again, help me with the first, with Gary as well. Okay. I have one. Um, I, one of the local things, and it's actually going to be the part of our target for our kingdom offering on, the, on November 19th, is Living in Liberty. And, you know, they help uh, women who are uh, caught up victims of the sex trafficking industry. And the last thing you want men to do is to go on the street and talk to streetwalkers. It's just not a wise thing for lots of reasons. Um, but I just kept feeling burdened for them. Well, they, they need people who will go and do presentations, churches, schools, civic groups, and so forth. And so um, I've been working with them. And so now there's some opportunities opening up for me to do that and, to, and actually also to help kids because uh, it, it's, not, it's not the kids who are getting abducted by the white panel van uh, that get, I mean, there are some, but 90% of the really children who are getting caught up in that are from people they know already. And so, um, well, hopefully opportunity to talk to parents and to children about watch out. And so um, they, at first they were real hesitant, but now they just gave me the green light this week to go ahead and start doing those uh, those meetings. So uh, it's like, okay, okay, let's go. And I, I was concerned because it's like, is that something I should be spending my time with? But God just kept bringing it up and hitting me upside the head. So I said, like, fine. And, but I am looking forward to it. Anything else? To have eyes of faith and remember he is the God of the impossible mm-hmm. and not limit him what I think he can do based on what I can't see. Mm-hmm. Good. So watching, watching for those Red Sea splitting things that might just be in someone's heart, but that is just as much a power of God as that physical thing was of, of dividing the Red Sea. Experiencing the deliverance of God and showing others that it's real. That's great, Paul. And we've been praying for you as well. God, in fact, we do come to you. I thank you for these stories. Thank you for how you're speaking. God's speaking to us. How exciting is that? How thrilling is that? That uh, you you are doing work here in in our Petroleum Valley, in our hearts, in the hearts of others. And Lord, we're just uh, amazed. Why should you care? But you do. 
and you're excited and you're bringing us along with you of what you've been wanting to accomplish and do in people's hearts and minds. And so, God, I'm grateful, so grateful to hear you're talking to the people of Zion Church. Uh, God, I do want to, uh, we do want to pray specifically for Gary this morning because you are the miracle worker. You are the healer. And we, we do, we don't know exactly what that means at this point, but we know you. And so we pray for his heart. We pray for this cancer. We ask you by your power and abilities, you would eradicate it from his lungs. And Lord, also for a, any healing in his heart, in his, in his spirit, that he indeed might trust you in all things, even now with this disease. And so, Lord, we come to you. We come to you with gratitude for speaking, for healing, for deliverance. You are a mighty God. And pray you would keep our ears open to what you are doing. In your name, amen. Thanks. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, our memory verse, Hebrews eleven six. 6. Okay? So it is now without, faith, now, now without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'm stuck. Since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay, so uh, and it's always a good idea to first say the reference, the verse, and then the reference. I know we haven't done that. So with me now, Hebrews eleven six. Now without faith, it is impossible to please God. For to, to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Okay, we're good. At Hebrews eleven six. All right. Um, okay, so we've done we've done that. And again, if you're working on that and everything, just uh, encourage you reviews. I had it down earlier this week, and then it just left my head. So it's important to keep reviewing. Uh, you ever hear the comedian Jeff Foxworthy? He's he's kind of he does a lot of kind of redneck jokes and so forth. And and he and another comedian comedian do a skit called. Here's your sign. And what it, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's, uh, it, it may express how you feel sometimes. And when, when someone, someone does something really stupid or says something kind of dumb, they've taken it upon themselves to assist all their fellow human beings and label people who just aren't that great. In other words, they give them a sign. Here, just so you know, so everyone else knows not to trust this person because maybe they're, they're just not that, you know, clued in. And so they'll tell a story about what someone did, and then at the end of it, they say, here's your sign. So just kind of something silly, and here's your sign, so everyone knows. Well, think about a being a believer in Christ. How do you know, how do you know God? How do you know you're actually intimate with him? Well, today, we're going to look in John's gospel, and he's going to say, here's your sign. Here's what's going to label that. Uh, first, we'll be in 1 John chapter 2. We're, we're really coming near the end of all the seven realities uh, that's taught in experiencing God. You come to know God by experience as you obey him, 
and he accomplishes his work through you. And this might sound a little familiar from a previous message because it is. It comes all the way back from unit four. So there's a couple signs that he gives uh, that John will talk about. There are really two. One is knowledge of God. You know God. And the other is union with God. So knowledge of God and union of God, those are the really two signs. Well, how do you, how do you gain these? How do you get them? Let's look at what John says in, in 1 John 2, verse 3. He's just finished talking about how Jesus is the, the, the big word is propitiation or the payment for our sins. And he's, he's talking to people and being honest and saying, look, if, if you sin, there's, a, there's an advocate. There's someone who's there for you. So he's not saying if, if we ever sin at all, but it's really the, the practice of disobedience that he's referring to here. But he says, and by this we know that we've come to know him if we keep his commandments. Again, that is a consistent lifestyle. But what does he mean by this word know? Now, if I, if I went to and talked to people and said, hey, I, I, I know God, I talk to God. Well, there's, there's folks that might say, okay, we have a nice room for you until you get over this delusion. It sounds a little funny to many people's ears. But uh, the commentary Barclay said, to know God is the quest of the human spirit. It's a quest of the human spirit. And this idea of knowing God is not just a New Testament idea. In fact, it's something God told Jeremiah the prophet to Israel. And Jeremiah is a very sad book, actually. It talks about a lot of their disobedience and God hauling the nation of Judah off into exile, but also warning and telling them that this is going to be temporary. Remember, God promised that it, they would live in the land, and, but they were, they were so caught up in idolatry and sinning against God that he brought this discipline about them. But there's going to be something better, he says in Jeremiah 31. Uh, it, there, there's just a couple of verses, but they're really long verses. It says, for this is the covenant. Remember, he's talking to a disobedient people in the, in the state of discipline. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. See, God, God's heart, God's desire, and this is possible through Jesus, is that we could actually know God. We could obey him, not as a following rules, but know him intimately. Um, but again, what does he mean by know? Does he mean intellectually, like you know about him? Or does he mean, does John mean to know God emotionally? Like feeling, a feeling of love towards God? Or relationally, you're, you're close, you know each other? Well, and when John writes his letters, and John has a very unique style. He's like, look, it's this way or it's that way. There's nothing in the middle. Uh, but in his writing, knowing God includes all of that, includes mind, will, and emotion. How do you know God? The short answer is you obey. Okay, obey what? Well, for starters, we know the word. 
Okay? The word gives us, don't do this, don't do that. Prescriptions and prohibitions. Things that we should follow along in accordance with God's very character. Remember, all of God's commands, if you take all the Ten Commandments, you take every single command, really, that we find in the Word of God, why? Why are they like that? You know when little kids ask, why? Clean up your room. Why? There's, you could say, because I said so, and that's actually not a bad reason, but you know what? You could also tell them more. Why is this? We ever think, why, why does God say love one another? Why? Is it, is it that love is better than hate? More profitable? What, what? You know why God says to love one another? This is just an example. Because God is love. See, his commands come from his very character. That's why we love, because we're in line with not just following a rule, but we're in line with who he is. It's not just important to him. It is who is very character. So we obey the word of God. And there are lots of Christians and believers and so forth today where they are, they are finding verses and issues today where they're just saying, you know what, that was back then. Let's just cross that out. And we see that in our culture. We see that with various churches regarding specifically sexuality and sexual practices. And they said, we're just, we're just going to cut that out because we don't like it. It's not part of our culture. But if you love God, you'll obey. You'll follow that. Or also obeying the Holy Spirit. You gave examples today of God, Holy Spirit, speaking and moving in hearts and saying, I, 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 may not, I didn't hear anything audible, but I think God's leading me towards this. Maybe he used the word in that direction. But the Holy Spirit is confirming something specific. And he does that individually to, for individually believers, but he also does it for us as a church. What are we to be doing and following as a church and obeying the Holy Spirit? We obey his direction when he speaks. James said it this way in James uh, chapter 2. He said, faith without works is what? Dead. You could say you follow God, but if you're not following, if you're not actually moving your feet, so to speak, your faith is dead. And in the workbook, in Experiencing God workbook on page 182, he says, when he gives you a command, you are not just to observe it, discuss it, or debate it, you're to obey it. That's what God wants us to do and follow through. John in his writings can't imagine uh, any knowledge of God that does not lead to obedience. Let me give you just a couple examples. Both of them are kind of, are kind of artsy, so to speak. Uh, in fact, the first one's about art. Now, you can get a book, you can go to the library or buy it online, you can get a book about art, and you can learn about art history, you can learn about the different phases of art, you can learn about some of the aspects, specifically, let's just talk about painting, about perspective, that was something that came out in the Renaissance era, where painters started to add perspective to, uh, to their paintings, uh, paintings that are more real. There are some, some artists, um, Rembrandt, for example, his paintings look so real you could almost walk into them. They just, it's amazing how they, they did kind of a, almost a 3D effect just with paint. 
You could learn about how that's done. You could learn about pigments and how they uh, work together and, and make different colors and, and with different shading and so forth. You could do all that head work. But you know what at one day you need to do? At some point you need to paint. At some point you need to, to work, and, you, and you'll probably make a lot of mistakes and you won't like it and it's not going to look the way it looks in your head. But at some point you need to pick up a brush and you need to paint. See, that's what we're talking about with knowing God. There's knowledge you could have. The other example is music, of uh, playing music. Now, when I was growing up, I mean, I, I don't know how many instruments I tried. I tried the violin. I tried trombone. Uh, I, I, even, I even picked up a guitar for a few times when I was a teenager. And I could play the notes. I could play the notes, but I couldn't quite make the music. And I mean, I could study things called musical theory and, and notes and everything that go together. And some people just get that. And so you could learn all about music and about the mathematical equations and everything involved with it. But at some point, you need to sit down and play the music. And then you get to know it better. That's the knowledge that John is talking about. People may know a lot about Bible trivia, but they treat other people poorly. When, um, when I was teaching Bible to junior high kids, uh, our school was a K-8 Christian school. And then so many of them went to another school in our community, which was a Christian high school, and they had a Bible exam. They had to take a, a, a test to get in. And um, one of the questions on there was, who was the left-handed judge? And so I told my students, I said, look, eighth graders, before you go take the test, it's Ehud. Just, just so you know. And they would come, Mr. O, it was on the test. I know, they've never changed their test. It's always there. It's Ehud. I'm going to tell you right now. So they always got that one right. And, but what difference does that, did that knowledge make in their lives? Did they even understand how significant it was in the story of Ehud that he was left-handed? They didn't. There's not just knowledge we're talking about. It's really experiencing him. Now, John is going to go on and say the converse of this is true. Because on one hand, we obey and we know him. But if you don't obey him, your claim to know him is really false. He says in verse 4, whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in them. And we're not just talking about the letter of the law. We're talking about the spirit of the, of the law's commands too. There's more to it than just words. Um, let me just look at real quickly Galatians 4.9. But now you have come to know, him, know God, or rather be known by God. How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves uh, you want to be once more? These people, the Galatians, knew God, but they weren't walking that way. Uh, again, that was Galatians 4.9. Paul wrote to Titus, he said, they, he's talking about false teachers, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. You, you, you can't just say you know God and have it not flesh out in your life and in your heart. It's got to be there. Otherwise, John's again, very clear, very black and white, you're a liar. There's no room for self-deception, according to one commentary. Now, there's a little bit more to our obedience. And the first part of verse 5 
John says, whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God is perfected. To know God is to experience his love in Christ and return that love with obedience to him. There's more to it than, uh, than just, again, following a rule and not have the relationship. Imagine you're driving down the road and you're speeding and you get pulled over. Now, for most of us, we don't know that police officer. And hey, do, do you know how fast you were going? Uh, no, <laughs> or maybe you did. And you get cited. For some people, that's their relationship with God. He's just a big cop. What if the police officer was your dad? What if he was your good friend? Ooh, that's a little different. Oh, yeah, sorry. Because see, there's relationship. So when we talk about obeying God, it's not just following a rule like he's a cop, but it's that we know him. Well, the second part of knowing God, or the second sign is that we are indeed united with him. Let's continue reading in verse John chapter 5 and then verse 6. By this we know that we are in him. What, John? By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same manner that he walked. So he's talking about Jesus. Walk in the way Jesus walked. More than just following words. The test of a union with God is the imitation of the Son. Another quote, Christianity is the religion which offers the greatest privilege and which brings the greatest obligation. We have to behave like him. So, so the next logical question is, okay, if we're going to be, if we're unified with him, if we're abiding in him, we're walking like he is, well, how did Jesus walk? Well, it's one of the reasons why it's a good idea to focus on the Gospels. Boy, if you haven't read through one of the Gospels in a while, even, I even recommend doing that in one sitting. Just do Mark, 16 chapters, maybe, or, or listen to it. But just listening or, or reading through a gospel in one sitting to see how Jesus walked. Well, one, a couple of things come clear. How did he walk? Well, he always watched the Father. In fact, he said, everything I do, I'm, I'm really just mimicking him following what the Father is already doing. I do what he asked me to do. I do what I see him doing. So he watches God. And whatever God would be into our life, that's what Jesus did. He was also devoted in prayer. Now, we haven't watched all of the, the series of The Chosen. And uh, if I mean, it, it's pretty good. It, it's pretty good. It, but just so you know, they add things that aren't specifically in Scripture. But on the other hand, they don't change what's in Scripture. I think it was History Channel a few years ago just completely changed the stories that we read in the Scriptures. And so they, they add things. You call it literary license and so forth. And don't let that bother you. But there are a lot of the things they add that make sense uh, that very well could have happened. Uh, for example, when we talk about Jesus praying, there's a scene in The Chosen where 
everyone's getting up, all the, you know, the disciples are getting up and they're, you know, getting ready for their day. Where's Jesus? Where'd he go? <laughs> He's out there praying again. Again? He's out there praying again? How, how much prayer does this guy need? Well, that's how he walked. He spent consistent time with the Father. He just made sure that he prayed. In fact, I don't know for sure because he never said it, but I think that's what he liked to do the most. And it was almost hard to leave his father's presence in prayer to go do what he needed to do. He was, but, but on the other hand, he was also devoted to, the, to doing the father's work. That's how he walked. He loved people. He loved them. He loved those who were the, 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 the lowest of the low. In fact, he got criticized for that. He's hanging out with who? He's eating with who? He loved them. He loved them. And so he was willing to do that even though it brought criticism on it. Do you know he also loved those who hurt him? Hanging on the cross saying, God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's love. So there are people in our own lives, maybe we've been, we've been hurt, we've been abused, we've been taken advantage of. We gotta love them? Well, Jesus did. So are you gonna walk in that same manner that he did? And he also lived according to the word. Think about when he was tempted by Satan and Satan would lob these temptations at him. Sometimes Satan even used the word of God to try and trip him up. And Jesus corrected his use, his usage of the scriptures. But he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's life. Not just our food, but life. He was committed to the word. That's how he walked. Well, how do we know God? Is it just intellectually? I mentioned earlier, is he that cosmic police officer that you're just making sure you're following the rules? And for some people, that's the way their walk with God is. Hey, just, I'm making sure I'm following the rules and I'm not going to get in trouble. That's the depth of their relationship with God. Maybe it's a little bit deeper. Maybe he's kind of your heavenly employer. Where, yeah, you have rules to follow, but you also want points. You want brownie points. You want them to like you. You want them to think well of you. So you're going to act and live in a certain way so that you get good vibes from God. There is nothing we can do that will take away any of God's love. And there's nothing we could do that will make him love you more. Now, don't try it. But we need, to, we need to understand that, that his, he already loves us as much as we can, we can bear. He is God after all. He is infinite after all. His love is infinite. We're not trying to please him or get points or get recognition from him. That's not how our walk should be. Or on, over all of these ideas, do you love him like he's a person? Because he is. He's a being. He's someone that we can know. God does not bargain. We sang about surrender, or we will to, uh, after we're done uh, with a message here. We're going to sing a song called Surrender. 
when it comes to surrender to God, it's an unconditional surrender. We can't, but we can't give God our terms. Well, God, I'll, I'll give all this part of my life, but this little section here I want to keep. That's not obedience. To know him and love him. No. Well, God, I'm giving you more than anyone else does or more than most people do. No, it's unconditional surrender. You have to give him everything. We cannot say, show yourself to me first and then I'll obey. We obey first and then he reveals himself. And then he reveals himself according to how much we're able to handle. Uh, look at John 16, 12, and 13. When it comes to our obedience, do we see in the word what is obvious and beyond debate? Right? Look, in, in commands, um, there, are, there are commands, especially in Paul's letters for the churches, individuals and churches to obey. They're without debates. And I, I think I mentioned in a previous message, we, we understand context. We know that when Paul said to Timothy, pick up my cloak, it was a command. Well, we know that we don't have to go find some cloak somewhere and deliver it to some guy named Paul. We know that. We get that. Um, but there are things that are beyond debates. We can't cross things out or edit the words. But then what about uh, these other ones that aren't specific in the word, but they're opportunities to join God in what he's doing? Are we willing to make life adjustments to join him? If we love him, we'll join him. Servants don't have the option to obey or disobey, and really delayed obedience is disobedience. You know, it's kind of like, if you've, ever, if you've got little kids or you remember when your kids are little or grandkids and you're working on something, I mean, five, six-year-old, and they want to help. Why do they want to help you? Because they love you. They want to be with you. They want to do that stuff with you. And you know, okay, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're building something. Maybe you're putting something together or cleaning something up or working on a project at home. Maybe you're just raking up leaves. And that little grandson, granddaughter, son, daughter says, I want to help you. And you know they're just going to make this go longer and harder. They're not very good at raking. They're not, but why do they want to do it? Because of the relationship you have with them. And so, yeah, come along. You work on this part. Okay, all right. Yeah, you broke that part. Okay, that's Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you spilled paint everywhere. But look what we did together. We're talking about the relationship with God. The end game for us, folks, with all that we've been talking about with really this whole year is to know God. We don't measure success like the world does. Well, how many, you know, how big is your church? Or how many thousands have come to Christ? Or how many... Um, uh, people have been redeemed from this or for that. We don't want to look at numbers that way. But when you look at what impressed Jesus, it was always faithfulness. It was always faithfulness. That's what God looks at. And he, his power and his things work beyond uh, the immediate world. Sometimes God's called us to, to do things that are just foundational building. And there's, we don't necessarily see the fruit from it. But you know what he wants us to be? Faithful. Just keep building those foundations. Keep doing that work that maybe God is, see, is seeing in longer view. And the blessing for us is we know them better. 
We'll, we'll rejoice. We'll see, the, we'll see the products at some point. He is more concerned with building a relationship with you, me, and us than he is with a completed assignment. Let me say that again. He's more concerned with building a relationship with me and you and us than he is with a completed assignment. Spend some time praying about that. A couple suggestions for our pause and pray time. Just praise him. God, you, you know me and want me to know you. God does. That's significant. Maybe there's a time where you say, you know, I'm not walking like Jesus in this one part of my life. And you want to con- just confess that. I'm not like Jesus regarding and fill in the blank. Or maybe just a simple statement, I will walk like Jesus by your power daily. Wanted to give you an opportunity this particular week of praying out loud. I know for many of you, it's like, I don't want to do that. Around, I just put them randomly around the room. There's little white cards. And it's just little one-sentence prayers. Maybe you could just read that out loud for us. I know some of them are duplicated. But just giving, giving that out loud for us, that one little one-sentence prayer as we come before him now. So let's pray. My Lord God, I don't know anyone famous. I don't have any connections. But you, the the God of the universe, the one who put all the galaxies into place by just a word, wants to know me, wants to know all of us. And so I, why I don't understand that, I believe it. And God, I want to know you more. Just thinking of... thought of of Moses saying, God, show me your glory. And you reveal part of yourself. Lord, I pray that as we obey, as we follow through, as we listen, that we would see you more and more. And God, I confess, I mean, I'm not always like Jesus. I know when it comes to uh, humility, if anyone had reason to be arrogant, Jesus, it was you. You're God in human flesh. And yet you took the form of a servant. And so, God, I I do not always walk like you regarding humility. And so I I want to do that. I want to be someone who thinks 
accurately about himself and be a servant of all. So Lord, we call upon you to help us to walk daily like Christ. And then we know you more and more and more and more and it just starts to cascade. Oh God, so help us to know you and not obey you out of obligation, not obey you out of rule following, but obey you out of love and relationship. In your name, amen. A few announcements. Um, On the 11th, uh, again, the Grove City College group is coming and are leading us in a time of prayer and uh, worship from 9 to 11. It's called Praying Like Jesus. And they're going to bring us through a process of using the Lord's Prayer as our guide for the prayer time. It is 9 to noon. Uh, They're asking for a rough count of how many people are coming. So there's two ways you can RSVP. One, uh, first, if you tell me and don't do anything, I've re- got a real good chance of forgetting that. Um, but if, you, if, you go on, if you're on Facebook uh, and you're, if you're not already with our Zion and Petroleum Valley group, then join the group and then there's the event there. You could just RSVP there. So that's one way. The second way is if you're not online uh, or you're not on Facebook, there's a sheet back there on the, on the counter and you can just put your name down there. Again, we're just trying to get a rough count for that. I, again, want to strongly encourage you to clear your calendar for 1111. Uh, it is Veterans Day. And, or actually, they're celebrating the day before, right? So the 10th. But um, traditionally, Veterans Day. Invite friends. If there are other brothers and sisters, other Christians that in our community around that you think would uh, enjoy coming, please go ahead and invite them. But again, by the end of this week, we need at least a rough count. So please don't, don't wait until the 10th. Let me know now. Let us know now, and that will help us quite a bit. Um, the other thing, on the 19th, mention the kingdom offering uh, for uh, just above and beyond what God is already doing uh, for our giving. Uh, and wanted to mention with that, one of, our, one of our focuses for that is ABC, All Bible and Community in Rwanda. Um, they, they, they think that they're establishing, the, if not in East Africa, the largest pastoral library in Africa. Um, they, they've gotten so many book donations, uh, their goal of 75,000 books is now blown away. They're going for 100,000 books. That's what's going on. That's what we're a part of uh, with uh, Dr. Gary Friesen. Um, you look at it all in community, um, or all, it's all, I can't remember it now, I'm sorry. I think I put it, it's all Bible in community. That's it, .org. Uh, or let me know and I'll send you a link. But I just wanted to let you know what's going on there. Uh, so they're working on Bible literacy and also the training of pastors. And then finally, let me be the first one to remind you to turn your clocks back next week. Okay, you get an hour extra sleep. All right, so let's surrender.